So, hello everyone to another episode of the Catapult Podcast. Uh, new year and we are back. Indeed. It's been a little bit, but uh, we're back now. And, and there's been some stuff in the meantime, so... <laughs> I don't think we're going to try and cover everything since the last edition, but we are certainly going to talk about the more recent news topics. Yes, we've picked some dev blocks that are more relevant stuff, I suppose, of what we want to talk about from uh, recently, I guess. And we, well, we don't have submarines to talk about, but we have carriers, you know, so where uh, is that, I guess? Because there is a change to the AA mechanics coming. A slightly confusing change, needlessly complicated, but possibly a change. Well, I mean, when I say change is coming, they are, they are starting to test. It's, it's just the concepts of it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that definitely, like the way, the way they're putting it out in this article, uh, uh, it's, it sort of partly makes sense, but then Wargaming being Wargaming, they've thrown in a big, Dollop of RNG because uh, reasons. So yes. what 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 they're talking mm-hmm. about is um, splitting up the squadrons in the air into the attacking flight, or once they're actually diving on your ship and attacking, and then all the rest of the planes that are sort of waiting their turn, and that. Uh, uh, if an aircraft from the attacking group is shot down, it's not going to sort of automatically get filled in uh, by other aircraft, as it were. Because at, at the moment, if if you have planes going around, it sort of um, takes aircraft off the end, as it were, so that you're always attacking with a full flight if there is a full flight. But it seems like it's it's now going to be like each sort of subdivision of your your aircraft group is going to be considered to be a separate thing. So, um, yeah, the attacking group will only be filled with new aircraft when there are no planes left in it. So uh, if they do get shot down, I guess, as you're setting up for an attack, it'll get filled up. But uh, that will then, uh, I guess, mean that they it's a little unclear the attacking squadron which i guess means like the the uh the squadron in the the mm-hmm. leftmost slot the the squadron that's sort of going to be the one that makes the attack i guess is what they mean won't be able to conduct an attack for a period of time after it's been refilled with plates so yeah. in theory this should slow carriers down a bit uh, in terms of, um, like, if they're going into strong AA, they're not just going to be able to potentially go in anyway, even though they're losing planes. If they lose all the planes in that kind of initial attacking flight, then it'll impose a, a time penalty, which is fine. You know, this first part to me seems absolutely mm-hmm. fine. But then we get to the second part with the dollop of RNG. Um, where I'm, I'm slightly more confused about why they've done it this way. Um, so yeah, th- there'll be a new parameter that sets the chance that continuous damage will be dealt to an aircraft from an attacking group. Otherwise, the damage will be dealt to an aircraft from the rest of the squadron. 
so I, I sort of what it was saying, yeah, all I was trying to explain there is is the you've got your attacking group, which is your leftmost group, and then the rest of them. Um, and it looks like instead of instead of it going to be there's an equal chance it will target any of those groups, it will either sort of flip a coin between the attacking group or the rest of the groups. Uh, which you'd think... I, I don't know. To me, it would make more sense if the priority was always towards that attacking group, but instead there's this weird coin flip element that the player has absolutely no control over whatsoever. I mean... So it's just adding yet another weird little bit of complexity. I mean, we have to add with the coin flip element, we, we don't know the chance, right? They say a chance. So it could be that there's a 1% chance that it takes the attacking aircraft. So there, there is a lot that we don't know. Also, it says that target selection will remain in effect for some time after leaving the air defense zone. So it's not that with each shot, sort of anti-air will decide which it shoots. So it picks a target and then it sticks with the target for a while. We also don't know how long. And it seems to be that all air defenses shoot the same thing. So if you are in free anti-air auras, all of them will shoot like the same plane, basically. Which is, yeah, I, I don't, I don't quite understand that part either. Uh, it's like somehow all your AA gunners on multiple different ships are all going to magically coordinate with each other to shoot it, but. You know, just like two or three particular planes. I mean, what what I think is going to happen is, right, you have you have basically a squadron with, I don't know how many planes in it. The small part is like the, the attacking part, and then there's the other one. And then it just rolls a dice, possibly equal chance for each plane that there exists or something like that. And one plane will be designated, and then everybody shoots that one plane. And it could be an attacking plane, or it could be another one. And when this plane is down, then they roll again for another plane. Or at least that's what I assume is going to happen because they're not very clear on it. Now, the good news is if your anti-air actually decides to shoot the planes that attack you, you could reduce the amount of damage they do. So finally, it might be possible to defend against an airstrike. But we just don't know enough to about the chances involved. Yeah, is, I mean, yeah, there aren't any actual numbers involved here. Uh, and. I don't know. Wargaming have, have said in the past, oh, we don't want to make two things, you know, things things too complicated for players to understand. But here we are with some, something finally being done with uh, the actual AA side of the interaction between planes and uh, uh, and surface ships, which it you know that in itself is welcome. It's been. How many years since the year of the CV? Years of the uh, CV, I should say. I think We're four years. Getting some uh, some attempt to uh, actually revise AA mechanics to make them a bit more meaningful. Except what they've done isn't really making them feel any more meaningful because it is it's still completely out of the hands of the player. It's still just an RNG dice roll that, that the player has nothing to do with. And that, that lack of player interaction, that lack of player inter, uh, um, uh, agency in that interaction is 
I think, one of the primary complaints a lot of people have. So on the one hand, it's nice that, that we're finally getting some some uh, um, revision of AA, but on the other hand, it isn't actually doing anything to address the biggest problem that a lot of people have with AA, that it just it feels all very out of their hands. It doesn't feel meaningful. It doesn't feel impactful. I mean, there is, also, there is also something that we also need to, I guess, consider or mention is that if your anti-AI isn't really that great, it could be that, you know, the, the flight attacks you and you shoot those, but you don't manage to shoot down a plane. And then I drop you with the full loadout and then I leave. And that means you haven't damaged the remaining planes at all. Right now, if you're always shooting like the last plane, it means that you'll whittle down the whole attack over time. You can't defend yourself against the first strike, but you might be able to at least reduce three strikes to two strikes or something like that. But with this change, it's also possible that if, if you are unlucky or if you have bad AA, that your AA will be more meaningless, especially if you have something with high hit points like a Roosevelt. Imagine a Roosevelt comes in and all your anti-air goes into the fourth squadron, but it's so tanky that it's not really shooting down planes, so you eat the full strike. And then when they leave, all the anti-air did nothing, and there is still very healthy planes left. Depending on how, how exactly they implement it, it could also help carriers in certain ways. So this isn't yeah. just a pure positive thing. I mean, and also how, how does this even interact with um, Soviet carriers? Because, of course, they only have one attacking flight. Yeah. Probably no change so at all. Is that, is that going to functionally change anything versus Soviet carriers at all? No, but, you know, I mean, obviously Soviet carriers are perfectly fine. And uh, um, yeah. it, if anything, you only need to nerf non-Soviet carriers, right? So uh, that's, that's a mechanic changes. Obviously, might even be uh, thrown out again. Because Wargaming, like... I think the last major changes to, to carriers were three and a half years ago. And for three and a half years, Wargaming uh, occasionally comes up with an idea. It's usually horrible and then drops it again. And on the occasion where they come up with a good idea, they say, oh, no, no, we, we, we tested this internally and it didn't work. And then they go on with their lives. So. Wait, we shall see. Indeed. Like, yeah, it's... It's it's hard to get particularly optimistic about this. It might result in things being a bit better, but uh, we'll see. The fact that they're looking at it is itself probably the most positive part of all of this. Indeed. But, you know, speaking about positives, there's some actually positive... Well, I think positives, right? And there is an update on the operations battle type. So, basically... Uh, last year, they, they tried the new operations type where there is not, not an operation of the week, but you just queue for an operation and you get one at random. And there are multiple tiers and so on. And they have provided some feedback on this and some, I guess, future plans. So first of all, they, they just tell everyone again what they changed. And then they said that for Halloween, I mean, that has been now a while in the past, obviously, for Halloween, they had their old operations back because they didn't know how to fig uh, how to have a random, I guess, a random queue when you need specific ships for an operation. But uh, obviously, the, the new operations um, 
are what they want to focus on in the future. And they, they shared some statistics, right? So basically, the peak popularity was 26% of active players tried operations, and this value then settled down to 13 to 14%, which is comparable to ranked battles in popularity. And I think those are very promising numbers, right? Because hopefully, this means that Wargaming is actually sinking some resources into it. I mean, yeah, I, it's. <laughs> if we had TC Freer here, it'd probably, probably be something along the lines of, well, duh, you, you know, made it more accessible, widened the number of ships that people could play, and uh, uh, added some variety, and uh, <laughs> no shit, it went off in popularity. So, yeah, um, probably to me, the most interesting thing here is where they're talking about um, uh, that the. Uh, the, the fact that you can use up to tier eight ships and that they've had, had requests to add even higher tier ships. And mm-hmm. um, uh, apparently, you know, I, they're saying, you know, we're considering this, but we need to solve some technical issues. So it seems like they're open to the idea that that might actually be quite interesting. And, uh, um, you know, it, with, the, with the challenges you can get with, um, even on some of the, the missions, like it sort of... The, they tend to see uh, you tend to see a lot more i think uh, uh tier eights in ops than probably any other than any other level now so um uh yeah uh, i i can see people wanting to take their higher tier ships out but not have to face higher tier gameplay and operations being a welcome way to do that so yeah i i would mm-hmm. certainly uh, like to see that we've also talked about possibly adding back uh, different difficulty levels, uh, which so far we've only had on Halloween operations in the past. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I've, I've also seen a lot of threats where people are starting to fail operations, and it would make sense to have... Actually, uh, like, they yeah. can be quite difficult, like Hermes... It's surprisingly difficult sometimes when you get the uh, the, the battleships all spawning, and because they all tend to focus on the same targets, you've got like four battleships sailing along broadside to you, and uh, uh, having shots at your broadside, it can be really nasty. Oh yeah, I mean it. It's also what uh, once they opened up operations again to to like the. Well, I mean, operations have become such a niche thing because Wargaming ignored them so much that it was mostly dedicated people who played them. Mm-hmm. But now that they are trying to get everyone to play it, obviously a lot of people weren't prepared for that, I guess. And it makes sense. It just makes sense to offer maybe a, a normal difficulty that's not so hard and then something for people who want to challenge themselves, maybe even something yeah, for, for most for mostly. people forming divisions in order exactly. to yeah um yeah one thing they do actually also address is that uh there are some um like if you look at dockyard operations at the moment for example or not dockyard operations but but the, the dockyard missions some of them you can do in ops but others you can't and i think they actually address this somewhere and um i have yeah, to say the one I low participation, especially when playing operations. Yeah, so I I, I think 
I think that that would be good if they could find a way. Even because uh, they actually have kind of done that in the past, that where that there've been um, events or missions, and it'll have mm-hmm. like you know you do you have to do this much in random battles, or you have to do this much in like co-op battles or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. It's, it's like they, they've already got the solution there. I don't quite see why they they wouldn't just be uh, seeking to implement that and have it so that yes okay some missions um you can do it in either but for others it's that kind of split thing where you know if you you do it in your uh uh, uh random battles it'll go a bit quicker but then there's the kind of um operations version where it has a higher requirement for, mm-hmm. for people that want to do it that way because uh yeah the, the only other like co-op is an option for all of them, but there are a lot, a lot of the like you know grind this much mm. base XP or whatever, which is going to take you absolutely forever in co-op because at most you're going to get a couple hundred XP, even if even if the the matches tend to be rather shorter. So um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like they've already got the solution for that. I just am not quite sure why they're not able to actually implement it. I think it's mostly because they weren't uh, willing to to work on operations in any way or form, which is a shame because they had a potential of uh, of more content that some people wanted. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's like there are just people who prefer PVE or cope over PvP, right? And there is a large market for that, but Wargaming never really tried to tap into it. And I don't think it would be that much work to maintain both, like, uh, an operations and a PvP community. Because, you know, like, chips, a lot of things that they design, they can use for both. Maps, they can use for both, right? They just have to come up with an operation scenario. And I feel like they, they could design those just alongside PvP and then just offer more for people. And it's also why I think it's great that they are finally going to open it up to more tiers, because... Let's say you aren't really into PvP, right? And you're an operations player. But you can only play operations like right now, at least you can have six to tier eight, but you need to grind to tier six first. And then after tier eight, it's like, what do you do with the higher tier ships? So if they'd offer people from at least from maybe tier five start or whatever tier two, then to higher tiers. So if people just are here for operations, they can just do that. They can grind the ships there. They can enjoy the time of game. While I personally am not really an operations player, I feel like it should be something that's off only would make the game better. Definitely. And um you know there are there are I think plenty of people that um like you say there there is this kind of quite a dedicated community of people that only play um like co-op or operations. Uh, but there are also, I think, plenty of people who use it as a way to like wind down or just maybe, you know, for having mm-hmm. too frustrating of a time with, with random battles, Operations is there as a, uh, a, an alternative. And from Wargaming's point of view, you know, you want to keep people in the game. You want to keep people playing. You want to keep people having their client open and and uh, looking at their ships and doing things with their ships for as long as possible. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's taken a fair while, uh, 
and quite a lot of badgering to actually get them to this point. But uh, yeah, it's now that we're finally here and they've sort of gone, oh yeah, it actually has increased the popularity of this. Um, yeah, they've seen the light finally. So this is, I think for the most part, fairly positive stuff. Oh yeah. And I, I just hope that this time Wargaming sticks with it. Because they stumbled upon something good with operations in the past and then with their own incompetence basically drove it into the ground and then abandoned it. But if they, mm. because if they want to make the, the new operations a success, they need to obviously work on a balancing, ideally offer like maybe two, two difficulties and then include more tiers and then keep the, the mode fresh with regularly adding new operations, right? But if they do those, then they'll have a whole new world open up for them where where they can get new players and keep players happy. Yeah, I mean, it might be even like that, there might be people out there that don't necessarily like the idea of of uh, PvP, but are more keen on the idea of, of co-op stuff. You know, there's plenty of co-op only games out there that are perfectly successful. So, yeah, uh, I was also just catching up on the chat and uh, ops for... I mean, um, yeah, as Fo is pointing out in the chat, ops for, for, for lower tiers would also sort of breathe some life into the lower tiers because at the moment they are just kind of the bit you go past to get to mid and high tiers. And um, it, it, it's a bit of a shame because there's some sort of very historically um, important ships. But the, the fact that the lower tiers, uh, like they've, they've been a bit neglected overall just because of the sort of overall structure of the game, I suppose. Uh, I, I might breathe a bit of life into, into like, you know, it, it might give people a, a reason to go mm -hmm. back and do low-tier stuff more often, but uh, you'd have to sort of make the rewards sort of on a par, really, I suppose. But it, I it, mean... It would sort of depend if Wargaming's really, you know, if they wanted to make the dual effort of doing stuff with ops and also putting a bit more effort into low tier gameplay i mean honestly i think it would be a smart move in general because it would make it also uh easier for people to grind stuff like right now if you start a new game there are very few new players so you are probably forced into uh you're probably forced into playing with mostly bots anyway up to mm -hmm. tier five and it would probably make the, the low-tier process more enjoyable. The, the problem I could foresee is you could run again into the, the player issue. Like, if they, if they make operations for a wider tier span, at some point they need to possibly have different types of operations or have really some scaling, and they definitely mm -hmm. need different queues, right? They'd have, like, a tier... I don't know, one, two, three, and then four to six, and then maybe six to eight, and eight to ten. All right, they'd need to sort of split operations and split the player base. So they'd need to have enough people playing operations to, to fill multiple queues. So there could be certain issues, but generally it would be an amazing thing if you start the game basically at level one or maybe at least at level two and then play up to tier 10 in operations. And it would definitely attract a lot more people who are interested in the core. I think it's the it's the kind of thing that you could like specifically do a marketing campaign around if you Definitely. decided to add that to the game. 
I mean, honestly, the way they're going down with the PvP part of the game, <laughs> they might just cope, might be the best help to to not. There, there, there have been days over over the holidays where I've just decided, yeah, I'm just going to play some ops today. I'm just going to play a couple of rounds of ops and then close the game, and that's fine. But uh, yeah, it, it would be kind of nice to have a, a mode for low tiers. We don't have to worry about tier four carriers, and you just, you know, you can just uh, have a sort of a fixed goal that you're mm-hmm. working towards, rather than the herpaderping around that uh, <laughs> randoms can be. Although co-op uh, or ops uh, can still be fairly herpy derp, <laughs> depending on your teammates, of course. It's not it's, immune from that. Yeah, yeah, it's still World of Warships, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, for once, there, there are some potential good news. So that's nice. That's a, I mean, the dev block is still from last year, but it's, it's a good way for us, I guess, to start uh, talking here in the new year. Yeah. Then uh, is the next thing I'm going to talk about is uh, there are Pan American cruises coming to the game, which yes, already now, have been changed a bit. I think we talked about, we actually did talk about these on, I actually had to go back to the, the previous blog post, which was the start of November. So we would have talked about this in a previous one. And I seem to remember we talked about the fact that there'd been a like a community proposed line. Mm-hmm. And this pretty much ignores that. There's like three actual ships on it, and the rest are all well. You know, this this ship ex- existed, and it could have been sold to such such a navy and refitted, and you know, lo- lots of could haves and and uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a fairly made up line, even for World of Warships, uh, and most of them are. Um, derivatives of existing ship classes or just copy paste of existing ship mm-hmm. classes. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's not the most original line by any stretch of the imagination. But one of the, the key f- features that they wanted to uh, put across the whole, uh, the whole tree was going to be their use of combat instructions. And mm-hmm. that's the part that they're apparently changing in the, in their, their, their testing of it. That, so it's not going to be the fact that that most of these ships are um, sort of historical nonsense, uh, but uh, the, the actual mechanical part of it instead. Uh, in fact, they're almost going to become a sort of second British light cruiser line, because one of the key things that's changing is they're going to get AP shells only. Oh, yes. I mean, with the combat instructions, they wanted to be, for some reason, uh, complicated for no reason. It's like, so the original idea was, the co- so combat instructions, if you don't know, <clears throat> combat instructions is what some super ships have. If uh, you basically you need to, to usually fire a certain number of salvos or something, and uh, then you can activate like with the Hanover, the, the better secondaries for a while. Now, here they had planned that in order to activate the combat instructions, you need to fire for a certain number of salvos in which a specific number of shells must hit the targeted ship. 
So you needed to fire like at the T10 five salvos, and in each salvo, uh, it'll only activate if eight of the shells fired in those five salvos hit the target. And it also wouldn't work if you'd fire like with, with like hold the button down, right? You'd need to specifically fire full salvos with all of your guns and then, then hit shells or something like that. It's, it made absolutely no sense. And the test changed. Uh, where is the change? Common instructions changed. The progress bar is filled with any main battery hits. So basically, they realized that what they were doing made no bloody sense. And they hit, they changed it. So that's actually good. Yeah, so they, they are retaining the idea of combat instructions, but yeah, they've made it not be bonkers anymore, like borderline unusable, <laughs> as it would have been. Um, but yeah, they're also uh, going to give radar to the higher tier ships as well yes. and they're also they're also talking about the three minute reload on all consumables except spotter aircraft and i would have to look up what the the normal kind of uh reload on consumables is because i don't know if that's longer than normal or shorter than normal it's a good question i mean 180 seconds seems long for damage control on a cruiser, right? Yeah. I mean, from what I remember, the Jet 10 is a fairly large cruiser. Despite them being light cruisers, it, it, I think it has almost 50,000 hit points. Yeah. Um, I mean, my time with a little further down, it says they're getting specialized repair teams, which are going to restore 80% of mm. the damage taken any part. Of the ship, so uh, again, we're almost getting a a rerun of, of British light cruisers, except without the smoke. They're also going to be quite sneaky again. So, yeah, um, I don't know if this is going to be a massively popular line, just given that it's going to be AP only. But I'm sure some people will find it interesting. But those that are actual South American naval history fans will uh, probably be a bit disgusted that it's going to come out with the ships that it's coming out with. Because, like I said, there's like three actual ships that uh, really existed and the rest are all just kind of made up in their own way. Mm -hmm. What I think also interesting is that uh, common instructions boosts armor penetration. Oh, wait, they say armor penetration of the HE shells. How was that changed? Because they removed the HE shells. Ah, bonus common instructions, significant reduction of consumables and reload time. Okay, so, so I presume they've given the consumables maybe a longer base reload and then they want to play around with the combat instructions to reduce the reload. I guess so. Which is a sort of an indirect benefit to your sort of combat effectiveness, I guess. Um, but it, at the same time, the whole thing just feels sort of weirdly artificial. Like, we're, we're going to give you these, these long cooldowns, and then 
well, you know, shoot stuff and it reduces, uh, I, I guess, but how much is it going to reduce by? Is it going to be enough to offset what's happening with the, you know, like, it, is it going to sort of bring it down to the level of most other cruisers or is it still going to be higher than normal or is it going to be a significant benefit? It, it really doesn't sort of give us any particular numbers to work with. Yeah, like if, I, it, if if it if it's kind of going to be effectively adrenaline rush, but for your consumables, based on sort of being able to do hits, mm-hmm. then uh, it, it. I guess it's not completely pointless, but only because you know you've got this this sort of artificially high uh, thing in the first place. So I d- I don't know that it does feel a bit weird as a mechanic. I mean. We we don't have any data on on what's the reload of the common instructions. Like they probably gonna cool down off, or or can you like how often can you trigger them, and how much will they reduce the reload, and how exactly will will all of this work? I presume maybe they don't wanna give out a lot of information just yet because this will most likely change. Right, this is something that they've never tested before, and they just came up with right now. So. I presume there needs to be a lot of testing. Let's hope Wargaming actually uh, probably tests this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to this sort of idea in principle, even if it does feel kind of a bit artificial and gamey, but a, a, a lot depends on, like, actual numbers. Also, uh... You've mentioned before that, that they've now added radar to it, like so they're getting nine kilometer radar. It's interesting that the tier ten basically has an eleven point three base concealment, which should come down to a little bit over nine kilometers concealment with uh, module and captain skill. So they can't quite stealth radar, but almost, almost. Yeah. Also they're interesting. Not, they're not going to be uh, Soviet radar ships. <laughs> yeah. By any means. Um, yeah, uh, it, it also doesn't say anything about radar duration, I don't think, so. Uh, oh, no, I said it does, 25 seconds. So that's closer to US radar than uh, Soviet radar, definitely. It, it's also interesting that the, uh, the Tier 10 has better concealment than, like, the Tier 9 or the 8. Doesn't so... make a lot of sense, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, the tier, isn't the tier ten basically a Worcester? Yeah, tier nine and ten are both actually Worcesters of different varieties. Which it, you know, ship that didn't exist or was actually built, but you know, if it had, it could have been sold to, <laughs> to South American navies. Uh, totally, uh, totally, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in, interestingly enough, they, I don't know what Wooster hit points are, but this 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 tier ten has forty nine thousand eight hundred hit points. It's a beefy Wooster. Indeed. So uh, besides that, they'll also have torpedoes, and they seem to be just going with the the copy of the US torpedoes. I think. Like 10.566 knots at tier 10. I think this is an option for the gearing. Like the gearing has two options of torpedoes. 10.5. Yeah, I think that's... Is that the same torps the Fletcher gets as well? Fletcher yeah. Torps? Yeah. 
I think that they they could be like Fletcher Torps, and before them, I think they are uh, Ensign Torps. Yeah, Ensigns are like nine point two. So even like uh, things like torpedoes, there was a lot of copy pasta involved in those things. Let's put it like yes. this. Although they do have different uh, shell characteristics, I think they said that they would be low and pretty fast. So you don't get like the floaty shells. And you get a surprising range because I think they said they want this to be a close quarters ships. I'm not sure how they think that's gonna work, but uh, I mean, if the armor is the base armor is gonna be uh, better than the the Royal Navy light cruisers, so they'll they'll have a bit more survivability, I suppose, if they've got that mega heal. But still, yeah. I mean, oh, oh, they also changed like the hydro. They now have the short range hydro of or. Uh... The British destroyers and such. So defensive hydro only, essentially. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a niche line. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see this becoming mega popular unless they turn out to be unexpectedly strong. I mean, well, we'll see. It, it's interesting that they went to such a, such. A... Massive change, right? So, because originally even the combat instructions were around HE shells and they would have gotten better HE shell penetration and so on. So, they scrapped the HE shells, they reworked the combat instructions into a completely new system with like the, I think, high base reload of consumables and then the combat instructions to, to get them down again. They added radar. There's like, this is not just a small change. They sort of completely reworked the line. And, as weird as this line sounds so far, I what, what I what I really like is that for the first time in I don't know four or five years, wargaming has reworked the concept. Because <laughs> that's true. In, in the last years, no matter how bad their ideas were, they always stuck to it. They were like, yeah, they they came up with an idea. It was a horrible idea. Everybody told them it was a horrible idea. They went forward with it, and it turned out it was a horrible idea. And then they abandoned it and went to the next horrible idea, right? Seeing a complete rework of such a concept gives me at least hope that maybe finally they have realized that, wait a moment, we could actually, you know, test things and may maybe balance, not, not, maybe not go so far as balance, but we could try to create something interesting before releasing it. So who knows? We'll see. We do seem to have been getting sort of, it feels like a lot of not particularly interesting light cruiser lines, but uh, I suppose one of the upcoming ones is going to be the US hybrids, and I think there's something somewhere about, uh, wasn't there another destroyer line? Yeah, the second branch of EU destroys, so. That'll be something a bit different, at least. Get away from yet more light cruisers. Oh, apparently my picture's... We were both oh, okay. frozen for... for I'm on froze. Yeah. yeah, for some reason we were both frozen for a bit. I'm, I'm sure this is perfectly fine. 
we are all humans here. I, ca I can guarantee you we are all humans. Although I do have a non-human thing on my desk right now. Well, uh... I think they're superior to humans, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, uh... Yep, the, we, we have slots for all of the Pan-Americans, but they, they are sort of outdated since the update. And I think this line, I hope Wargaming probably tests that. We, we shall see. I mean, on the bright side, they are trying something new. They're trying to, to bring in a new mechanic, sort of-ish, and design something that's actually different from all what's there. Oh, yeah. it, it, I, I, I think we can at least, at the very least, expect to see other lines in the future using the mm -hmm. combat instructions as part of their core gameplay. Probably. It remains to be seen how, how much, uh, how, how well they balance it and how much fun the line will be. But I, at least for now, I don't see anything too, truly outrageous except for maybe the almost, uh, almost stealth raider like i mean at least they haven't gone over the the into the stealth part really it, it's basically the the radar range and detection range is about the same thing which is already a somewhat questionable but we will see then uh besides that there are also Oh, wait, did, did I forget something here? There, there was also, what, the Illinois uh, battleship? Same article. An Iowa-class battleship. Uh, where is that? At, at the bottom of the un-American article. Almost missed it. So it's dev block 398. Uh, what, what, what date is that? <laughs> I'm struggling to see it. Um, it's 12th of December. 12th of December. Uh, no, wait, it's 8th eight, eight of December. 8th of December. Uh, oh, I see. New ship's closed test. Okay, yeah. So, currently there is an Illinois coming um, with more powerful anti-air guns. I mean, I'll uh, not hold my breath on that one. And... Uh, oh, this one with the... the... yeah. 8-inch guns. Quad eight-inch guns on a battleship hull. This one, I vaguely remember reading about this or seeing mention of it elsewhere. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a super Des Moines, <laughs> kind of. With yeah, right. I, I slightly, why is the Des Moines reload? Let me check that. That's I think slower than Des Moines. I mean. But you are on a significantly more armored hull, I suppose. Des Moines fires really quickly. Like, yeah, Des Moines five and a half seconds, six seconds, something like that. 
lot of time, 30 seconds. That's a, that's a very long reload for those guns. It has improved repair party. Okay, it's, so they say secondaries that, uh, Accuracy. The problem with US secondaries is that ever since the IFHG rework, they basically, you don't have the 1% penetration anymore that you needed for them to be truly nice. So ever since then, US secondaries have become uh, pretty meh. Unless they have something special done here, which I doubt. Yeah, I don't, I think that's the usual 127. So they might have given it better secondaries, but uh, they probably won't be doing that much yeah it's a bit of a it's a bit of an odd one uh, it's i don't know it's a variation we haven't seen before i suppose unless you want to count the atlantico with its 9.2 inch mm. secondary guns you know large caliber sort of cruiser caliber guns on a on a battleship but they are the secondary guns and this is going to be your primary armament so It'll be a bit different. Uh, it still feels a bit gimmicky, but I can't say I'm sort of looking at it and think, oh, that'll be rubbish and it'll be terrible for the game. I, I think it'll just be a bit sort of gimmicky and a thing you won't see very often. Yeah, uh, we shall see. I... Well, we'll have to see how the, how the guns turn out, I guess. So, uh... Yeah, that, that was the Illinois. Aside from that, there are um, Dyson and Colossus. Not sure how to pronounce those. Well, I, I'm fairly okay with Colossus. Yeah, C- Colossus is quite straightforward. <laughs> the Dyson, I, I don't know. And Dyson is another tier 9 um, Japanese battleship. And I have to say, I really don't like. I'm not sure what they. It does What's have going come? for it that it's not just going to be yet another of the A140 designs or, or whatever the the various mm-hmm. um, Yamato preliminary designs were called. This one's going to be sort of uh, 1910s design that I think was an actual design or an actual proposal. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll need to get uh, uh, Drach back at some point, and he can maybe yeah. talk about this one. I also, I mean, I have no idea if there is some historical thing to the camel, but I really don't like the camel. It's not terrifically nice, is it? No. I mean, at least the colors aren't horrible, but it's not great. Yeah, it's uh, okay. I mean, what well, we've seen worse, but we've seen a lot better. Then again, yeah. at least you can now switch out to, to a better-looking camo anyway, we felt. True. So looking at it, it seems like it's going to be essentially a sort of high-tier, not quite an incomparable-level squishy battlecruiser, but it, it's definitely going to be firmly in the battlecruiser side of things. Uh, it's going to have a four twin turret uh, 410 mil guns, as a lot of the uh, higher tier Japanese battleships do, which is fine. I'm hope if it has like the accuracy of the Iwami, that'll be fine because that's got the same number of mm-hmm. guns, but actually pretty decent accuracy. Uh, but it's going to have 
I mean, it still says it's got 32 mil plating. Yes. But the overall armor protection scheme, um, I think we can assume it's it's going to be relatively squashy. It's also not quite 70,000 hit points, which uh, I think is not awful for this tier, but it might be a little on the low side. I mean, it, it says that Dyson has poor armor for a tier 9 battleship in large dimensions. Although you always have to take their, their texts with a grain of salt because sometimes they. It's, it's the opposite of what they write. They are often very <laughs> inaccurate with that. But they, it says it has poor armor and, you know. Yeah. It's, it could be. It, I, I am definitely getting some, some squashy battle cruiser flavor from this. I mean, actually looking at the. The reload on those, a 27-second reload, 35-second, 180-degree turret traverse, which is pretty fast for a battleship. Mm-hmm. 2.10 sigma. That's pretty 2. nice. 2.1 sigma? I don't know, but that, that is very yeah, good for a battleship. And it's going to be 35 knots as well, which is extremely fast for a battleship that isn't using uh, speed boost. And I I'm just looking at those torps. Those look more like the cruiser torps. They're not the like the Awami, which I just mentioned, has the twenty kilometer torps of of uh, you know heavy damage, but also getting seen from space. Um, but sometimes they're quite useful for area denial. Uh, what does Heisen have? Heisen doesn't have torpedoes. Heisen, the one that nobody ever talks about or plays. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's uh, 10 kilometers. This is going to be like uh, Ibuki's Torps or something like that, then, presumably. Um, so, yeah, that could be interesting. It's going to be a bit different. It's going to have a very large turning radius. So, again, a bit like Incomparable. Not particularly stealthy, which is not like Incomparable. Uh yeah, decent range. Could be fun. It could be fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yes. I tend to like ships that give you fewer but more accurate guns, uh, um, even if the platform's a mm-hmm. bit squashy, as opposed to... I mean, sometimes the ships with lots and lots of guns can be fun in their own right, but they also mm-hmm. can be quite frustrating if they're just going to shotgun blast all over the time, or all over the place. Yeah, oh, yes, as Tom McKeever notes as well, it's also got uh, extremely good top mitigation. 53% is almost the... God, what is it on Mustache and, and... It's like uh, in Yamato, it's like 55%, something like that. Yeah, something That's similar. incredibly good for a battleship. Oh, yeah. And it also comes with uh, fishies, so it, it has... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to be stealth dropping as you can with the 20 kilometer ones, but there are definitely scenarios depending on what the drop angles are like. Which uh, I think on the for Heisen, they're pretty good. So hopefully it'll be similar on this. It's, it's actually four times four. So I presume two times four by each side, but that means still eight torpedoes per, hmm. uh, eight torpedoes per side. Uh, which hit about 21k so that's a fairly massive torpedo armament so if you it it's probably not a brawler because it doesn't have the armor for it but if you get close to that thing you, you might eat fish they're 
yeah, they're the kind of thing you might be able to drop at a, a pursuing destroyer or towards the end of a game. I mean, I have to say, enemies left. Um, the uh, how is it called? It's Saint Vincent, right? The the British battle cruiser. I'm uh, surprisingly enjoying that, and it's very squishy, right? It it has I think 25 millimeter nose, so everybody overmatches you with a battleship. But it has those those nose torps that you can basically send almost straight forward. And I have brought successfully with other battleships because, I mean, they can overmatch your nose, but you have, like, 30k torps you sent down there. <laughs> kind so, of like the, uh, the low-tier German destroyers with a forward-firing... Yeah. A torpedo jousting. Except in a battleship. So depending on those torp angles, I the, 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 the Titan could be rather interesting because it's... It, Probably has the gun power that you want to be at longer ranges, at least early on. And if you survive until the later stages of the game, then you could be a somewhat okay sprawler by just bringing your torp tubes going. But because you actually have the 32mm nose, so you could just go nose in towards a battleship and then you close torp them if the angles work out. But, you know, remains to be seen. Also, we'll see what, what changes in the ship anyway. Indeed. And then they have also announced a carrier because the game needs more planes, clearly. That's what yes, we all wanted. I, I will say from a historical point of view, you know, this is this is a fairly big gap in terms of like uh I think the, they they produced a bunch of Colossus class carriers, I seem to remember. And they're they're one of the classes that then post war mm -hmm. went and served with a whole bunch of, of uh, uh, different navies. Uh, I'm pretty sure the INS Virat was an ex-Colossus class. Uh, Australia had one. I think, was it like Brazil or somewhere had one? So they kind of went all over the place, and they've been completely unrepresented in-game up until this point. Um, but, you know, they are more carriers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah oh yeah I think Canada Canada had one as well so the the interesting thing that I note of this is that they state that she has no secondary armament and a weak air defense I highly doubt that's gonna survive testing because when carriers start sniping carriers wargaming usually acts very very quickly because can't Indeed. have that Oh well, yes, you know the, the precious carriers. You can't have the precious yeah. carriers getting getting hurt. The precious so, babies. So I would be very surprised if that that ship will have weak air defense in the future. As for no secondary armament, well, uh, it's usually not really what the carrier work anyway. No, <laughs> no. There's very few carriers that that have anything to do with uh, secondaries. Oh, here we go. I found the, Wiki the Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Royal Navy. It wasn't Brazil. It was uh, the Argentine Navy, the Australian Navy. Oh, it was the Brazil. Brazilian Navy, Royal Canadian Navy, uh, the French Navy, the Indian Navy, and the Royal Netherlands Navy. That's right. They had a, an extra... A, 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 what was it? The Carol Dorman, I think? Okay. Yeah, so they, they went absolutely all around the place. And I'm pretty sure the... Uh, the not Virat Vikrant, 
uh, right. No, it was the Minas Gerais that was the uh, that was just commissioned in mm-hmm. two thousand one. I'm, I'm sure the Vikrant lasted longer than that, though. Scrapped in twenty fourteen. Okay, it was decommissioned in the late nineties, so it just it had been around a while after that. So yeah, these these had quite the shelf life, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they they went all around the world post war. Yeah, a Colossus class and five Majestic class, which were kind of a, an offshoot. And um, yeah, so th- they weren't the biggest carriers. Um, Twenty five knots is historically accurate. Um, yeah, and I think they only had AA armament. They didn't have any kind of surface anti-surface mm-hmm. armament. These these were like wartime designs that were kind of like we have to build a bunch of these because we need more carriers, kind of thing. So they they weren't as fast and, and they weren't as well armed, but they were able to build a bunch of them. So, uh, yay, historical ship, uh, nay, uh, it's a carrier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, as the ship itself, um, yeah, let's have a look, see. It's going to have AP rockets. Uh, it's going to have torpedo bombers and dive, HE dive bombers. Dive bombers that don't really dive, though. And there was something that they'd, uh, they'd have uh, dropped from a level flight or something. What did I... Uh, yeah, uh, bombers that drop HE bombs in a level flight. Okay. I wonder if they're going to... Be kind of like the the tier six ones where you get lots and lots of little clusters of. The bombers carry a large pen. number of high explosive bombs, but have a large spread. So basically, it's like just carpet bombing an area. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-two mil. Okay, so these are going to be a bit bigger than the the tier six ones, but it's a similar principle, I guess. Thirty-two mil of, of armor pen, twenty-seven percent fire chance. Okay. Uh, the top bombers are only going to have two planes per attacking flight as well, so it's going to be kind of like um, mm-hmm. uh, Furious down at tier six, which only has two planes for attacking flight. Uh, I actually no, I think Implacable no. also only has two planes per attacking flight, also. No, no, down there they say they have. Uh... Ah, okay, it's it's uh, it's three aircraft per attack run, but only six aircraft in the squadron, so you can oh, only I have see. two right, attack I runs. I completely misread that. Why was I looking at? Why was I pulling that? Or was my brain just making that up? No, no, they they what? said in the top torpedo bomber squadron contains only two attacking flights. Or oh, I see. Two. Right, I completely misread that. So two attacking flights of three aircraft. I see. Okay. Which uh, is actually, I think, what the Indomitables bombers do. Yeah, it has two attacking flights of four. So, so <laughs> you couple that with the proposed new AA mecla- mechanic, and it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's top bombers are g- going to 
get shot down a lot. We shall see. I mean, the interesting part's probably going to be the dive bombers because it looks like that's going to be the special. The dive yeah. bombers that don't dive. It, and you have three, three aircraft uh, attack with, uh, what was it, six bombs each, so 18 bombs. I think overall it's going to be, you'll, you'll probably see it more often than Indomitable, which is just kind of bad for the most part. Which only has its uh, its rockets and its bombers, and not very many planes overall. I mean, you, just you have, know, have to hope you can get fires on things and stick fires on things and not run out of planes. <laughs> it's about the only, the only way in which you could say uh, this looks uh, the Colossus looks like it's going to be worse is that it's slower. That's about it. I mean, it remains to be seen. It also, like that they say, a large weapon. Uh, I'm afraid that this will just be... V- like, if you have dive bombers that just carpet bomb a large area, then it's, all, it's very hard to dodge. It's very easy to use, and it's all down mm-hmm. to RNG. So it's, it, it doesn't sound like a very good mechanic if you're just like, yeah, you just go there and bomb this very large area and hope for the best. 27% fire chance and 18 bombs. Of course, we don't know how how spread out. So a lot remains to be seen, but... Yeah, we'll see, I guess. it's <sighs> Yeah, more carries is, is, is probably not a thing that most of the community is going to get terribly excited about, but... Uh... At least it's historic. Yeah. Um... We could also, uh, I think that was the last of the articles we kind of uh, sort of pre-picked out, but there's also yeah. the um, sort of... Balance uh, changes. The, the upcoming one, the early access to hybrid battleships, Pan-Asian Commander, oh. Airship Escort, that, that's got a whole bunch of stuff in it. So we could skip down this as well, maybe? Sure, sure. That's going to have the, yeah, here we go. So the Lunar New Year stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna finally bring like the the legendary cap for pun Asians, which yeah. has been announced I think uh, a while ago anyway. And I think the talents we already knew that like they are. What annoys me the most is that this carrier basically has a special uh, that this this cap has a special buff for carriers for the spotting achievement that recently introduced, because carrier spotting has been a problem for a long time. And Wargaming never really addressed it and then had some half-hearted strategies to make it even worse that they then dropped again. And now they finally just, they introduced a spotting medal for carriers and now they have a captain that triggers when the carrier gets a spotting medal. So they finally have given up the pretense of caring about spotting and they're like, you know what? Yeah, carriers spot better than everybody else, just deal with it. And now we're going to buff them if they spot more. Okay, it's yeah. only a, a, a nation. Model. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. They did make some vague noises about about overhauling that, didn't they? And then that's just kind of vanished into the ether. Yeah, they always came up with some weird concept that never worked. Most of the time was proposed to buff carriers. And they were like, oh, oh, people don't want buff carriers. Well, I guess then spotting is fine. And, uh, I mean... 
I don't even know how many pan Asian carriers there are. There is like one premium or so. Yeah, there is the uh, the one that's basically a Saipan. Where is it? It is the Sanzang. Yeah, it's 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 a reskin Saipan. That's the only one there so far. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure they they'll bring a complete lineup of them <laughs> at some point. I I just I mean, find it sad because this was so unneeded, right? That basically they have unofficially with that said, you know what? Area sporting is fine. What we were talking about with the Colossus class carry and the fact it was in so many navies, this gives them so much of an opportunity to copy paste that. So I, I, I'm almost certain at some point we'll get like a you know Pan Asian Colossus, mm. and we'll get a Commonwealth Colossus, and we'll get a South American Colossus. <laughs> I'm surprised it took it took them this long. <laughs> anyway, but uh, the, the the captain you're going to get is at least uh, an actual. Uh, we, we've had unique captains and, and things mm-hmm. being added before that were just kind of made up, but th- this guy was actually a. Uh, 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 a Chinese admiral of the late Qing dynasty and the early Republic of China. So, an actual prominent admiral of a kind of relevant period of uh, naval history. Nice to see. Now, I don't think many people, Mm -hmm. I, I had to look him up, I don't think many people would just kind of name recognition of him but uh, you know maybe people will go and look him up and learn a little bit more about him possibly I I didn't know before you mentioned it I wasn't aware that this person existed this is all going to be through uh, a collection which we don't think we've mentioned already by the way so yeah with very nicely designed boxes that you can open Opening boxes is what this game is about. Dopamine uh, hit. Then um, airship escort will come in, which is what they used to call dirigible derby. I'm not sure why they changed the title, but it doesn't really matter. So once again, you'll have... So basically, the last time we saw this mode, it was like two Zeppelins. Each team starts with one and it has a circle at the bottom and you need to have a ship in it to push the Zeppelin forward. And then the team that pushes the Zeppelin to like the end point, the fastest wins. And you can stop the enemy by being in their circle, sort of. And they sort of, I think they, they met in the end, right? So that was a massive fight. Yeah, they tended the to side. converge on a single point on the map. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to see this back. I think it was uh, quite a, a popular mode. Glad it's coming back. Looks like there's going to be a few tweaks and changes, but no kind of, you know, they're not throwing everything out that made it fun. So, so yeah, they uh, yeah, have a list of improvements, basically. TA to T10 ships, uh, 12 versus 12. Wasn't that already the case? I don't know. I think it was already high, a higher tier mode. Um, more maps is quite nice. Uh, mm-hmm. the major, well, semi-major, minor, I don't know. The, the mechanical change that they are talking about here is that uh, if 
if uh, an allied airship is uh, sped up at the same time as the enemy one is slowed down by your team, that the allied airship will actually get an additional acceleration mm-hmm. buff. Uh, so they're trying to, I don't know, speed up the battles a little bit. Or make it so the battle doesn't drag on when one of the teams was able to get a serious advantage over the enemy. I'm... I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's... Uh, I can't quite remember what, what the problem here was that they're trying to solve. The thing that was a bit weird is that I think you only needed one ship to push forward your Zeppelin, and it's basically it always... Both teams always kept the ship in it and kept pushing, mm-hmm. and then they sort of the the end fight was what decided it. So maybe they'll uh, make this a bit more dynamic in that sense that you can really like push faster early on or something. Also, escorting an adult airship as well as slowing down the end will bring additional experience. Yeah, maybe they won't. Like, it used to be that basically you had just two blobs, I think, move under their Zeppelin and then fight out in their center. Maybe they won't that you split off an attacking force and try to delay them earlier. You really push into, like, their, their actual Zeppelin and then get a head start with yours. I don't Possibly. know. We'll, we'll have to see. Ah, oh, they are finally adding the anti-submarine warfare for Dutch yeah, cruisers. Yeah, so that's going to be the next patch. So, 40 second reloads. Um, two charges from tier 5 to tier 10, but the number of bombs per charge. It's actually a uh, lot of bombs. Yeah, so it goes 4-4-6-8-4-4. But the tier 9 and tier 10 ones are doing over double the damage, so... I mean, yeah. Honestly, I think this might be one of the... Uh, that it doesn't say range. Like... I think uh, at high tiers, the depth charges usually have two bombs only on most ships, and even only one on the lower tiers, so... I don't know. I don't have the, the numbers in my head of the current depth charges, but for me, they look like they might be the best depth charges they are, from plane, plane-wise. But obviously, we'd have to see in-game how big is the area, and I'd have to compare it to, to the damage that the current ones do, but that that's looks to me at first glance fairly impressive, which is weird, because they are the ships that they were like, no, no, they don't need depth charges, they don't need depth charges. <laughs> oh, let's, let's give them the best depth uh, I'm just looking, I'm just glancing through my port, and for tier 9 and tier 10, uh, 4,200 seems to be the average for the the damage done by uh, depth charges. So, yeah, they are actually going to pack more punch than the average. Not by a huge amount, but 5,000 okay, um, versus 4,200 is, you know, they'll, they'll do I, a I, bit more. I admit I might have misunderstood that uh, Tom makes a very good point. Ships or planes? I would. I just assume that they are they are planes, but maybe they aren't planes. But they are the ones dropped in the back. Then it makes sense because the ones dropped in the back usually have more bombs. So uh, that's true. So maybe I was mistaken, and they they just get the the ones that dropped in the back, and then the numbers make more sense. So no well, planes I have to try for you. And find ships that drop depth charges rather than have airstrikes. <laughs> 
Which you can't filter for because that would be <laughs> personal. Uh, let's check a destroyer. Um, uh, Minotaur, for example, drops in the bank. Okay. Uh, Minotaur, where are you? Too many ships. I mean, they only say anti-submarine armament. Yeah. I mean, number of charges, number of bombs. Okay, so Minotaur, max damage, Mm 5,000. Number of charges, two bombs in a charge, four. Okay, so it's the same as Minotaur. So it's probably dropped in the back. Okay, so so, uh, disregard what I said earlier. Basically, it just gets the same as other ships that drop it in the back, I guess. I mean, why give give the Dutch cruisers that have plane drops as their special feature something silly as plane drops for the depth charges? <laughs> That'd be but silly. I, they can only use their planes for that one specific thing. The planes can't do yeah. both things. But hey, at least they are finally getting depth charges. That's a good thing. Indeed. That would at least have been a, a kind of a unique mechanic of just have like, you can toggle whether you want your planes to drop depth charges oh, yeah. or bombs against surface ships, and but instead, the, I, I don't know, that would have required actual, you know, adding new stuff. So. Yeah, it would have required thought. I think they just took the depth charges from another ship that they already uh, had designed and just be like, yep, they have them now too. Least effort, but at least yep. they got depth charges. So now, imagine if a Kotnik would get them too. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, rank battles and brawl information, which uh, brawls will be able to have subs as will ranked battles, so that'll be fun. Oh, uh, and division's not allowed again. Yeah. So I probably won't be playing much of that. Uh, then like, then we're going to get early access of the American hybrids. But don't you want to play six versus six with a carrier submarine without divisions? Absolutely. Doesn't that sound so absolutely appealing to you? Um, it definitely, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that camo looks not bad. I have to say that that's a nice, rather clean looking. The one they show for the Louisiana. Yeah, some some of the uh, the preview event camos are. Uh, Distinctly missable, but uh, that one's maybe worth going for. Yeah, I mean, I have no intention of playing that line of hybrids, but the camo looks decent. Like, I like the, the dark deck and then the more almost white lighter tone and just some accents in red and blank. Looks stylish. Uh, there's also talking of perma cameras. They're actually updating some of uh, some of the previous perma cameras they've added to so the this kind of paper lantern style autumn festival camos. Oh. And I offhand can't quite see what the difference is, but I know I've got it for Kaga. So let me bring up my Kaga and see if I can spot what the actual differences are between what's on the, the photo. Uh, right, I think it's hard to tell <laughs> because of the, the fact that they're using uh, sort of daylight lighting mm-hmm. 
port, but I think it might be. It kind of looks like the internal lighting is gone. Oh, or, they glowing? I don't know if they're just changing the way that it's illuminated, but it doesn't look like it. It has that same kind of internal lantern glow that the camos okay. do at the moment. Like the actual pattern itself, to be honest, looks largely the same. The only thing I can see that's different is that there's a little bit of extra detailing around the portholes. Okay. And the little uh, flourishes, the little emblems on the secondary guns look a bit different as well. But otherwise, it looks basically the same to me. So either uh, either it, it is is literally just those really really minor differences, or else it's not going to glow the same way anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if there's just some subtle changes. So. Who knows? Yeah, they're not camos that you see getting used a huge amount anyway. I mean, they're they're not the most. Uh, they're okay, but they're a bit yeah. kind of like. They don't blow you away. They are no. like, you, you look at them and you're like, yeah, okay, all right. And then you move on. Although I like uh, that they have all the... Oh, is that already in, in the game that they have all those lanterns hanging from like the cables? Uh, I mean, you can't see it on the carrier, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, do I have that camo on any other those ships? I don't think I do. So I'm not sure I can check that. That might already be a feature. It might not. No, it would be really pretty if this lanterns would be like uh, lit in, in, in the dark. Oh, another thing. But, you know, looking at it, that could be cool. Ah, no, wait, I do have War Spite. And I, I forgot I have that camera for War Spite because I never use it. Um, so I now, now I can compare War Spite as well. Yeah, it looks like they've they've taken out okay on War Spite in particular. They've they've taken out a lot of the kind of paneling effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they've added some small details here and there. Probably the most major changes is that the turrets are now red instead of the kind of illuminated yellow. Oh, okay. And probably some other minor details I'm missing. I don't know. I don't know why they're making these changes, to be honest. <laughs> they don't really uh, give any knows? rationale for it. Who knows? But apparently they are not slightly different. Uh, they also added more food patches. And I'm sure they'll give you more recipes on the homepage like they did last time. Didn't they have even a video with some cooking and stuff? Who I knows? mean, as content goes, it's fairly, you know, it's a fairly, fairly harmless addition, so sure. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, we all love food. Speaking of food, there's the dumpling expandable camouflage. And you know what? I think I like that one. It's quite sort of cutesy. I don't know if that's yeah. supposed to refer to a particular character. It looks a little bit like a Moomin, but not really. 
I I wonder if that's as he is. But I'm guessing this ties into the kind of general Chinese calendar, New Year, Lunar New Year sort of. I mean, they call theme. it a dumpling. Is that supposed to be like a cute dumpling in various? I mean, it, it literally places? kind of um, food that's popular in a lot of countries. But I'm guessing they mean yeah. like, it's referring more to like Chinese dumplings as opposed to you know Polish dumplings. <laughs> Or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering if they turned the dumpling into a character. Maybe. If the character is supposed I mean, to be, yeah. Uh, oh, one thing we did also miss is apparently they're changing how flags are going to look. Um, doesn't give any illustration, though. It just says their movements become more realistic. And okay. lighting also being improved, making them look like real fabric. Okay. I mean, I usually don't scroll in that close to my flags, but ah, there there are some. Oh, there's just a new flags that are coming out. I mean, sure, I I'll take it. Yeah, and as you say, yeah, there's some commemorative stuff there at the end as well. So, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. I I'll, I hope they don't mess around with the file format too much because uh, mm-hmm. anyone that watches my video knows I've I've uh, sort of overwritten, created my own custom flags, including mm-hmm. one of which is a Scottish saltire to to fly on my ships. So hopefully they don't completely mess around with the format, and I can still continue to do that. We shall see. So there are also new flags and oh those are achievements yeah Difference. Uh, it doesn't it, yeah you play talk 2022 doesn't say what that's going to relate to but uh sure i presume salamander and hurricane are going to be um they're going to be related to uh uh ranked battle seasons yeah probably you know, I, I get it. Play, eat, talk, right? You play World of Warships, you eat a bunch of fish, and then you talk in the sense that you eat salt whoever fed you the fish. It's, it's just the circle of life. And I mean, it is a circle, the achievements. It all <laughs> makes sense in my... Who knows? Maybe maybe I'll go into a supermarket one day and unexpectedly see a, like a you know, packet of pre-made dumplings that have a World of Warships logo on them. Who knows? Maybe. It's not the first time that uh, Wargaming products have done food tie-ins, just just typically yeah. haven't done it in the West. True. Well, I think um, that that about wraps us up, really. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. This wasn't too bad, considering we've had a bit of a gap. I did have uh, my emotional support cat on the desk with me. He'll probably complain a bit if I do this. But... Say hello, Samuel. Say hello. <laughs> he does not like being picked up. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm going to be uh, given the stink eye for doing that. You, you probably need to offer some, some treats. Absolutely. I'll make a suitable offering later. Um, 
So yeah, this uh, is our first podcast for the new year, and uh, maybe we are now back a little bit more regularly. So hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll be back in the future. Bye. Bye.